Hey, Kat, the lead boss here. I almost said my last name. I shouldn't do that. Kat, the lead boss here. This is the Revenue Accelerator podcast. And I have a pretty freaking amazing person here with you guys today, Dana Corey. So Dana, you know, I always ask this and it kind of feels a little insulting, but you know, who are you? And actually, why should people care? Because you're actually someone people should care to know about. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. Um, so I'm a business strategist and a coach but mostly I'm a strategist and I work with people in business who have been in business for at least three years. They've Mm -hmm. done all the startup things Um, where I look from and what I see requires somebody who's willing to take some time and experiment a little bit here and experiment a little bit there. And people who are in startup mode generally don't have the bandwidth to handle that. So, Yeah. yeah. So we were just talking real quick and I had to interrupt you because I was like, this is the goal that we're talking about here. Um, So you actually specifically work with, and there's always, you know, the few exceptions, but people who haven't had necessarily that higher level of education, right? And I was, you know, proudly slash not proudly touting about my MBA. So you were sharing some really interesting insights as it relates to what these certifications and things really actually, what role they play in people's businesses. Yeah. So uh, my, my clients in general, I think I've had one client in eight years. Everyone has an oopsie. Yeah. (laughs) A formal business education. And what I find is that all of them, you know, they get to the mid uh, six figures by themselves, mm. and then they run out and of steam. And being able to get there, first of all, means that at, at their core, they're smart, they're innovative, they're willing to take a risk, they throw spaghetti at the wall and see what happens. They learn, you know, YouTube and books are a really good thing. So they learn what they need to know on their own. But then all of a sudden, they hit a wall. Mm. everything that they've used before to get them to where they're at is not what it's going to take to get them to the next place. And they are tapped out. They're like, they have very little bandwidth left. They think that what they're missing is something that they don't know. Mm. But the truth is, is that it's very little that. Yes, if, if you give them some knowledge, then they can go that little extra more bit, but it's not the knowledge or the action that actually is missing. What's missing is a shift in the way they see the, the world and themselves in the world. Well, now you got to ask, like, what, <laughs> where do you see people tripping up with, you know, I could see someone being like, okay, hearing this and being like, okay, I get it. Like, it's not necessarily something that I don't need to learn, but you know, I've had people do this in the past and I'm sure everyone has experienced this of someone being like, well, it's just a mindset issue. Peace. Like go figure that one out on your own. Um, you know, so you kind of been like, okay, it's a mindset. It's a, there's something that needs to be worked through. What can people tune into to identify what that might be? Okay, so I I really actually hate the word mindset <laughs> because when people hear the word mindset, what they start to think is is that it's a feel way of feeling good or right. And I look at it more; it's different. I look at it like our brains are if we if we compare our brains to computers, right? So computers have an operating system that the operating system is invisible to 
lay people. They're just using the computer. So there's so much that you can do with it, mm. but, but you do hit the limits when you're trying, you know, the, 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 the clearest thing for me is when people who use an Android phone or people who use a PC compared to a pe- person who uses a Mac and you get to this place and they're like, just use this software, or just use this app. And you're like, it's not in my store. Mm. <laughs> I can't, it doesn't work that way. Right. So, so there's a limit. So humans have a limit too, also mm. invisible. And we experience, we experience reality as if everybody experiences the same reality as we do, which makes total sense because it's the only way we've ever thought about things or seen things. It's our experience. And we believe, we believe that the color blue that we see is the same color blue that you see. But I don't know about you, but it's my reality. <laughs> The world absolutely revolves around me. Totally, right? Of course. The problem is, is that that because of that, we only have one Mm. direction that we see in. Mm -hmm. And so what shows up or occurs for me as a problem or as a challenge, or this is the real thing, or as the truth, this is the way the world works. And that is the truth. I can't see outside that. I don't have no experience of being able to see. But you could be looking at what I'm seeing and I'll say it's the truth. And you're like, no, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. That's not the truth. Because look, I see this. And what that actually is, is it is it, when somebody else says, but I'm seeing this. Are you not seeing this? If you're, if you're willing to admit to yourself which is hard that your way of seeing things is not the only way of seeing things Mm. all of the sudden the world opens up in ways that that were invisible to you before okay so it's really hard to talk about this stuff yeah right so so the it all of a sudden it shows up there are things that you can see that you couldn't see before and that gives you opportunities. It gives you ways of interpreting the world, the problems, the challenges that have been in front of you in a different way that opens up possibilities for solutions Mm -hmm. in a different way. Does this make sense? Absolutely. It is actually impossible to do this for yourself. Well, you can't see the picture from the frame, right? Exactly. It's why athletes have, who are at the top of their game, Olympic athletes have coaches who sometimes aren't exactly in peak performance, you know, physical shape themselves. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing. How much time do you think people waste trying to do it on their own? Oh, it's a really loaded question. I know, right? right? <laughs> because there's this point at which where people can do it on their own, it just takes longer. Like there's mm-hmm. that, that, those money, right? Right. And um, so people waste a lot of time in there, but it's not so detrimental other than you're spending time. Mm-hmm. In this regard of how you interpret the world and how you see the world, people are, it depends really on how um, hard headed you are. <laughs> 
So the thing that really helps you as an entrepreneur in terms of that determination and that drive, right, can also be your Achilles heel. A hundred percent. Because you can't see outside your own own thoughts about it. Mm. You can't even see that there is a problem. You're like a fish looking for water. Mm-hmm. It you just can't see it. It doesn't it doesn't exist for you. Um, until uh, here's what what tips people off is that they keep banging their head against a a some sort of limit like a, of their business. They they keep doing all the things that they hear other people doing to get past that, and they can't. Like it's not working. And if all if you're doing all the right things and it's still not working, it's you, not the thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, especially if we're talking about people who are at this level of their business, right? Like this is no longer a, I'm not getting results because the coach sucks and all that stuff. Like you've gotten beyond that. There's a process that you're leveraging. It has been working and it can get you to a certain income level. Right. And so how do you break past, you know, that half a million to that's that range of like, you know, there's certain milestones in a business. And getting to half a million can do that on your own, couple of VAs kind of thing. But then there's this place of getting to half a million to crossing the million dollar mark, right? So, you know, there's a lot of effort that goes into that. And you talk a lot about micro and macro control. Mm -hmm. So like, how does that play into the, you know, mid six figures getting past seven? Okay. So before you get over the hump, who you are is somebody that has to control it all. Mm. Like, and you can be a pretty big business with actually a fairly large team and still be micromanaging the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. <laughs> right. And because there's such a fear that if you let go, it's all going to crash and burn. And the thing is going to fall apart. Right? It crashes so, and burns. <laughs> it crashes and burns. And so the first, the first thing people think is I need to just work harder. Mm. Right. So they start working more hours, which is never the answer. Just not the, it's not the answer. Then the next thing that they're doing is, oh my gosh, I need to hire somebody to do this one particular thing because that's going to be the answer. It's not the answer. The answer, the, the thing that it, the biggest fear that at that point is understanding that not micro controlling everything is actually the answer. Mm. Being willing to not be in control in that way. And every entrepreneur I I know is a control freak. It's part of what gets us to where we're going. Um, But there comes to be this time where taking your hands off the immediate buttons Mm -hmm. and pulling back and being a more, like being the, the umbrella instead, being being able to see the forest. This, this is why I love cliches because they're true, right? Seeing the forest in good company, maybe. <laughs> instead of the trees yeah, or instead yeah. of the blades of grass. Right. Right. And you can't do that if you have your finger in every pie because your brain's vision is then tunneled. Mm. You have to actually, you end up giving your brain permission to let go of that stuff so that you back up and, and the, the circle of what you can see gets bigger. I just thought it's like like looking down a periscope, mm-hmm. right? Like you can or a binocular. You can only see inside that circle. But if you shift it a little bit, the circle gets wider. 
And that's what it really is about. That. I mean, I mean, you talk about really stepping into that, what sounds like a CEO role, right? Of really okay. being, and it's, it almost sounds like stepping into that role before you really have all the pieces in place to feel fully like a CEO. Is that- yeah, except that people, yes, right? When you own your own business and yeah. get, get it up, you are the CEO. You might be the founder, but you also are the CEO. But there's that mindset shift there, between yes. a founder and owner and then thinking of yourself as a CEO. I meet a lot of people and I'll be like, uh, you know, something, something CEO. And they're like, I'll, I'm not the CEO. I, I just, I own the business. I'm like, mm-hmm, what do you think it is? <laughs> like when you own the chief executive officer, like you own it, you're the top. <laughs> yeah. It's really funny. I often have to, uh, like with, when I first start with my clients, I'm, you have to own the fact that you're the CEO and owning it is stepping into being willing to be the leader, feeling like you, um, it's a, it's both a confidence issue and a willingness to lead your own way instead of looking at all the other leaders out there and thinking, oh, I leading or being a CEO, you have to do it that way. No, no, no. You get to do it your way, but you still are stepping into this role that's different than, than being, it's like going from being an employee of your business to actually moving into being the leader of your business. Mm. Micro control to macro control, being willing to acknowledge that who you are is the visionary and not the, the implementer. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs have had experiences of, of needing to be that Jack or Jill of all trades, right? Of being able to not only be, to grow your business, you had to be because it's time or money, right? And if you didn't have all the necessary investments, you didn't start off with a million dollar fund <laughs> to be able to get everything. You have to be the social media manager. You have to be the funnel designer. You have to be the copywriter. Yep. And so you kind of collect all these hats. What do you tell people to help them kind of do that releasing process and really just put on the one CEO hat? Well, that's the thing is that this is one of the reasons why um, I don't say, oh, you can do this in three weeks Mm -hmm. or three months. It takes time. Mm -hmm. So first of all, as I I warn people, we start with a a nine month engagement, Mm -hmm. right? And I warn people that's going to get worse before it gets better. Mm. But during the point where it gets worse, you're going to be having fun because you're going to be able to see the getting better. It's coming. You can see it. Um, oh, yeah. This is what happens when one's old is like you were I was answering a question. And now I don't I did it back. like I do it pretty much on a daily basis. I get so <laughs> like my brain works faster than I can possibly process. <laughs> Hey, what were we talking about? What was so stepping in fully into that CEO role? And, and you were talking about having it take a little bit more time because people want these, especially on, yes, right. They want these fast results. Right. And so the first, the first thing we do is really look at the things that you're doing in your business that really only you can do. And the things that mm. you're doing in your business that somebody else could do, not mm. that they should do, but that they could do. Right. And we separate those two things. And then we look to see, okay, are those people, we, we batch the, I, I always, we batch those things in terms of job descriptions or positions. And then we look to see who you already have on your team. Who, how can you, you delegate some of this stuff? And we talk about effective, what is effective delegation and what is finding somebody who is actually an A player and how do you do that? 
Um, how do you find people that are better at you at doing the things that they do well so that they're, they're taking it past where you could have taken it anyway and give you the time and the space to be the visionary that you actually need to be as the leader of the business. And I tend to believe, and you know, I, I know that there are, are different thoughts about this, but that until you hit the million dollar mark or even sometimes beyond, you, one of your primary jobs as a CEO is to make that cash register. Mm -hmm. Right, like that's your job. Outsourcing sales too early is really stupid. Sorry, did I say that word? No, you could say it much worse on this. <laughs> You know, yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, and, and you see a lot of people trying to do that too fast. And I see it in the place where people are not confident in their ability to create that repeatable, consistent revenue. And so the easiest way to do, to delegate is to delegate the stuff you don't want to do, exactly. but there are things that are critical to your, I mean, it's the heartbeat of the business. Yep. Right? You are in business to make money, absolutely to serve, absolutely to create impact. But if you're looking at it from a, you know, green and black kind of situation, right? Green and red, I guess, positive and the negative to stay cash positive, you got to make the phone ring, right? Have someone pick up and, and process the credit card for the right people. All the caveats that we know, we're not bro marketers here. What do you see people why, what's the motivation for having someone, you know, intrinsically motivated to, to outsource this stuff other than just, I don't know how to do it effectively. Like, Oh, here's the thing because what, until they outsource what they, they're working all the time mm. and they're not, that doesn't mean they're always at work. Even if they're working out of their house, right. they're working while they're having a conversation with their husband, yeah. right? In the back, they're working while they're on vacation. They're, with their kids, but not present. They are working all the time. They are held prisoner by their business. Yeah, the and irony of this, having been in corporate was, and I, I see this, I, I, I resemble this statement, <laughs> is the whole, you, you got out of there, got out of business, out of working for the conglomerate or whatever it is, so that you wouldn't have to be chained to your desk. And then you kind of swap one thing for the other. Because you don't know any other way to do it. Yes. Like that's the way you know. So it's what that's you saw your way. parents do. Exactly. Right? right. And so even if you're fighting against that, you end up there. Mm. And you kind of look around and go, wait, this is not where I was headed. This is not what I want. What the F am I doing here? And then the fear starts, oh, well, it's, clearly it's never going to be another way. Mm. Like I'm stuck. I don't know how this is, this is the place. And it's in that place where they recognize they, they either are, it's all going to blow up like the, or their life is going to look like this miserable. They're going to lose people in their lives that matter to them. Mm. Um, that freedom that they started their business for in the first place is nowhere to be found. And they don't know what it's going to take to get there, but they're desperate to get there. And they're desperate to love their business. They hate their business. I mean, really at the heart, at, underneath it all, they hate it. Mm. They feel so chained, yeah. right? So they want to fall in love with their business again, but they mm. want to have a lot, they all, you know, people, people who are business owners are multi-passionate. They have lots of things that they're interested in. They're curious, Right there, most of them are readers. 
Like there are things they want to do that they've kind of put in a drawer and set aside for the someday when they're free, Mm. right? When their business can support them. (laughs) And then they get to this place where they're held prisoner and that drawer looks like it's locked shut. Mm. And I will tell you that honestly, the result of what I do with my clients is unlock that drawer Mm. so that they have a business that supports them both financially and with the, the time and the ability to go play around in their drawer of passions that they have put aside for a rainy day. They can travel, they can get involved in volunteering. They, they put their brains to causes that are important to them. They pour themselves more into their kids, right? And their families. It's, there's no one thing that, that stands out as the thing that all, all people wanna do but it really is giving them the key to open the drawer. Mm, I love that. So you've dropped some seriously amazing uh, concepts, strategies, you know, tactics to really help people step into a more empowered place in their business. So how can people learn more about you? Because I know you have some things that are like, even to that next level value that you can share with people. I will say that the best place uh, to come hang out with me is on Facebook. It seems so ridiculous but it's like my cocktail party where I hang out. Um, my personal profile, don't even pretend to like my page because it has no, there's nothing there. Everything happens in my personal profile. And it's where, you know, I have, I, I, you reach out to me, I will friend you, friend you. God, that's such weird language. Um, Better than because that's the, you and we have Yeah, <laughs> and then every day I, or, you know, three or four times a week, I'll write something that's specifically about a specific thing, mm. specific tactic, a specific strategy, a specific way of thinking uh, so that you can go out and do some of this stuff on your own. Beautiful. Um, yeah. So that's really the best place. You can go look at my website, danacory.com because it's beautiful. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, hey, it's always good when There's one does not have website shame, you know? Yeah. So. Like it's great. My, my, my website is really great. And it lasted the, the test of time, which is cool. But there's a quiz on there that can get you a little bit clearer about whether your company is in a place to grow or whether it's not. Um, like what the kinds of things that you might be looking to to put into place to help it a little bit. Um, so you can go there. Yeah. Just, Beautiful. You know. Well, guys, make sure to check the show notes out because I will go ahead and put those links in there for you guys. And it's Dana, D-A-N-A, Corey, C-O-R-E-Y check out her Facebook friend requester and go check her website out and check that quiz out. Definitely. I know I will be. Um, Dana, any parting words for our listeners today? Yeah. Take a deep breath. It's okay. Hmm. Like, you know, stop knocking your head up against a wall, take a deep breath, look around and, and because you can't see your own blinders, you have to find somebody. You have to find somebody who is willing to tell you the things that you can't see and you have to be willing to hear them. Mm. And it, it doesn't have to be a coach. It does it, find somebody that will walk through with you mm. and, and, and be willing to tell you the truth. Yeah. Entrepreneurship does not have to be lonely. Nope. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Dana, for joining us today. I appreciate it.
Oh, thanks so much for having me. I've been really looking forward to it.